0: raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. ba da pa ba ba And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.
1: The 212th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now.
0: From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win 54 and 50. Carolina did it! What? Carolina wins the championship!
1: With 20 seconds left to
0: play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown, looking, a oh, way to Worthy, Worthy 5! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber frontcourt, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout! Party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebounded. May it's over. Carolina has won the national championship, 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three, too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national. Yeah,
1: Love guarded by Keels,
0: gets a screen, pulls up for three.
1: Got it! Caleb from straight away!
0: Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta.
1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today, getting you ready for Carolina and Clemson. That game will come your way on Saturday at 2 p.m. over on ESPN2 a very important game for both Carolina and for Clemson um, as we're, we're coming uh, up on a month away from Selection Sunday. Both teams are squarely, you know, on the NCAA tournament bubble, and so this game has major ramifications for both programs. We'll, ta- we'll tell you about the ACC leading Clemson Tigers. We'll get you up to date on all things Carolina. Of course, then we'll give our keys to the game and pick the game, but we start every preview edition of the pod as we always do with our pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by our show sponsor over at DraftKings. And given where Carolina is at, where we're almost treating this game as a season reset, after what happened the other night uh, in Wake Forest with the press conferences that that followed by Armando Baycott, by Huber Davis. Uh, of course, you know Armando with the mandate that if you don't want to, if you're not going to show up and give 100 when when they come to practice on Thursday, then you might as well quit. I thought we would just go back to what our pod thought of the day was when the season starts, and it's the three word, or it's 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 the it's it's the phrase and the hallmark, it's the foundation of the program, coined by legendary coach Dean Smith. And it's simply put: play hard, play smart, play together. And the thing about it is—that's
0: that's six words, by the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's but the three. Words, I get. I get what you're saying. I the get three what you're saying. Words are the most important one, and and the thing about it is the together on my show sheet. Yeah. It's all capital, because it doesn't really matter if you play hard and you play smart. If you don't play together, I don't think it's going to change the results on the court. Said it said
0: it when we were recapping the Wake Forest game. That's the reason why we spent so much time in that edition not even really talking about the game. Because it, it doesn't – none of this matters if this team does not find a way to communicate better, to find the joy in playing with each other that they had last season. Like, this can't – this can't be a job, guys. Like, it just can't. Like, that. This is, this is a, you know, I don't really know how, I don't want to say it's a career, but, like, it needs to be an experience. It needs to be something that's fun. Last year, when this team made the run, that was what it became. It became fun for these guys. Um, I really think, you know, the biggest thing for them that really rallied that team was, you know, I guess you could say post Pittsburgh, but I think even remember they had the game against Syracuse where Caleb Love had to hit a ridiculous shot just for Carolina um, to win that one. I think the the change in that se- in last season was when they were doubted by by people coming into that Duke game to the point where people didn't. I mean, you didn't even really know Carolina was the team playing Duke in that game. Um, for you know, this year, I think what it should be is that, look, there are people at this point, including us, including us right here and many other fans that are saying, this team ain't making the tournament right now the nope. way they're playing. So that needs to be the motivation in that locker room to find a way to pull it together and make a little bit of a run here. Like at this point, it, it's it's incredibly sad to say this. I'm at the point now where i i'm just asking can you make the can you just make the tournament please just just make the damn tournament don't become that first team since the tournament expanded in 8485 to miss it after being preseason number 1 just that that's that's all i'm asking from this team right now
1: well the thing is is they do have a schedule that lends them to playing their way safely into that tournament field um, but on the flip side, that schedule could also allow them to lose their way out of that NCAA tournament field. And it starts with this game at home against Clemson on Saturday. The Tigers enter with a respectable 18-6 and record on the season. Tied for first place right now in the ACC at 10-3. and uh, They are the biggest surprise so far of the league, in a league that's full of surprises with Pitt being really good. NC State being really really good, and then you got surprise teams like Carolina and Duke not living up to expectations, and Notre Dame, Wake Forest, and no, or not Wake Forest, Florida State and Notre Dame being oh, Florida State a, a, a good lot, you know, a lot worse than what everyone thought they were going to be back in November, and Louisville. Like, um, let's be honest here, nobody so, saw that coming either. You know the thing about Clemson, um, I, I've watched them a, a good bit. This is a team that because they you know look they don't have the talent carolina has uh but the thing that they do and 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 what they've traditionally done under Brad Brownell this team plays incredibly hard for 40 minutes they're going to make it really tough for you to to score the ball um and and they're a really good much more efficient offensive team than what they've been uh it, traditionally under Brad Brownell they are 1 in 1 so far this season against ranked opponents uh, they have beaten previously ranked Duke, and they lost last weekend to ranked Miami. Um, you know the thing is, is that as good as Clemson's record is, and even with them being atop the ACC, their NCAA tournament hopes aren't secure. Um, they enter this game, uh, according to the last projections done by Joe Lenardi, as just an 11 seed in the Midwest. So right now they're safely in the field. They're not among the you know the last four in or whatever or or in that first four. But, the, you know, a, a, a couple more losses, and this wouldn't be deemed a bad loss, but a couple more losses, and this team could find themselves on the outside looking in. And that's, a lot of people are, are really confused by that, even though we went through this exact same thing last year with Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame finished second in the league. And found themselves playing in a first four game to start the tournament. Well, this team is even, I mean, it could be even
0: worse for this team. They they may get to the point, depending on how how things work out the rest of the way, they could come into the tournament, the ACC tournament, that is, with a share of the ACC regular season title or second in the conference and have to probably win tournament to get in because they have some just awful awful out-of-conference losses I mean the loss the loss to South Carolina is almost historically bad I mean that is a that is a god-awful loss considering how bad they are and then the other loss one that we thought at the time okay not too bad is to Loyola of Chicago there's only one problem Loyola Chicago is not good at all. They've moved conferences and yikes. Things have fallen off a little bit for them. So they've got they've got two bad losses and this game as of right now, if you look at Joe Lenardi's latest bracket projections, this is the last team that is safely in the tournament in Clemson and the one of the last four in uh in Carolina. That Carolina as of right now Uh, Only Kentucky and Texas A and M are below them Mm. when when it comes to the last four in. So they're the third to last team in the tournament. So this is, I mean, this is as important as it gets for Carolina now. And I I mean, honestly, you're you're looking at a scenario where going down the stretch like this game, this game is a must-have. If you lose this game, because I mean, they Clemson is not a better basketball team than Miami. That's who you play next. Um, they're not a better basketball team than State right now, as hard as that is to believe, and they're not better than Duke. So, I mean, ha- and and Virginia. So, oh, yeah, this is one you absolutely have to pick up.
1: Again, yeah, this is going to and you're you're going against an opponent that, like Wake Forest was on Tuesday night, is going to play with incredible desperation because they know. What's on the line for them, and the thing that's going for Clemson is they've got a a really good trio of players, that average double-figure scoring, led by Hunter Tyson, 16.1 points, 9.8 rebounds, uh, 1.6 assists, he's shooting 49% from the field. 43% from three. You've got P.J. Hall uh, scoring 14.3 points, 5.4 rebounds. He's averaging one assist per game, but he's shooting 50% from the field, 36% from three. Uh, And then their last guy averaging double figures, Chase Hunter, 14.1 points, 2.9 rebounds, 4.1 assists. He's shooting 41% from the field and 37% from three. And I think this game's really going to come down to which trio outplays the other. Will it be Clemson's Tyson, Paul, and Hunter? Or Carolina's Love, Baycott, and Davis? And, and, you know, I I think that's... Carolina's going to have a challenge on their hands. Kind of like when you win against Wake Forest. Like, you know you had to take away Appleby, but they had four guys that scored double figures. So they could spread it out. And even though Appleby, you know, was ridiculous from the foul line it was their other guys that really beat you from from the field. And so Carolina's defense has to be a lot more connected. That's the one thing about this this Clemson team is they only give up 67.1 points per game. They're as connected a group defensively as you're going to find in this league. Right up there with Virginia, right up there with NC State, right up there with Miami. And, and those of you that have watched ACC basketball for a long time shouldn't be surprised by this. That's who Brad Brownell is. That's his M.O. Uh, but the thing about it is this team now, if this game gets into the 60s, even the 70s, they've got enough of a scoring punch to score with you. Uh, in years past, when you would face Clemson, they, even with the way that they, they, they defended, if you got the game to 70, 75 points, you felt comfortable you were winning because they didn't have the offensive firepower to, to to be able to stay with you. That's what's different about this team is that yes, they're going to they're going to take the the air out of the ball. They're going to play in the half court. They're going to make it hard for you to to cut and, and get where you want to get to on offense. But the thing is is that if this game becomes free flowing like Carolina wants it to be, uh th- they have enough scoring in that starting five to keep pace, which should lead to an interesting and fun game in the Smith Center. Well you gotta you gotta you gotta pick up the pace in this game.
0: Um it's just gonna be about how Carolina defends in transition. They did a better job the other night against Wake Forest than they get against Duke, but I mean you can't you can't let this game get bogged down because this is a team that shoots the ball extremely well from beyond the arc. And that's got to be the big concern here in this game for Carolina is that they've got all five of their starters, including P.J. Hall, average at least two three-point attempts a game. So uh, that is going to be a part of their game. Carolina is going to have to be prepared for that. And, yes, they can put up points quickly if they have to. Uh, We remember how much trouble Carolina had with this team last year. Um, they they they've shown like PJ Hall has shown, man, he can play. He may not look like the most imposing presence, but he he is a really really solid player that will give Armando Baycott some fits. And, and then you know you talk about Hunter Tyson, the step that he took this year is huge. Chase Hunter has been extremely valuable uh, for this team in, in what they've done. So. I mean, Carolina's got a lot of different guys that they have to be able to take away. And the thing about this Clemson team as well is that they have 11 different guys that they can play. They uh, 11 guys on this team average nine or more minutes per game. Mm. So they've got so much more depth than Carolina has. And we saw Carolina go to a little bit of their depth the other night, mainly because their hand was forced to. So that's going to be one of the other things that Carolina has to contend with is a team that can just keep throwing all these different guys at you. And yes, believe it or not, they are different guys. I know most of them pretty much look like clones of each other, but yes, it is not actually the same dude that's just re-entering the game over and over again. Um... They, they, But they've got so many guys that can come in and really affect the game. We've seen it throughout the season where there's different guys. Uh, Ian Sheflin's one of those guys that kind of comes out of nowhere off the bench, but he's a guy that's been able to affect games. Ben Middlebrooks uh, had a big game in their last game. So they, they've got a lot of different guys that Carolina has to be prepared for in this game. So, yeah, certainly a challenge uh, on hand for the Tar Heels in the Smith Center on
1: Saturday. Let's look at this game from the perspective of Carolina. Uh, they come in with that underwhelming record of just 15-9 and nine overall, 7-6 uh, and six in the ACC. If Carolina loses once more this season, it'll be the fourth straight year that Carolina has lost double digit games the longest since they lost six straight, back even before Frank McGuire uh, got on campus and really you know made basketball the staple at UNC. that it is today. Uh, the seven and six uh, conference mark means they are three full games behind Clemson, uh, in the ACC standings. Of course, with this one, with this, with only this one matchup between the two, uh, the the rest of the season. So if Carolina were to win it, they would still need a lot of help. In two games, would, would would be you know with with six to play would be a lot to to ask for to make up. It's it's certainly doable, but Carolina, uh, would would need some help. This game doesn't count as a quad one game for Carolina, Uh, but just a stat that's really mind blowing. Carolina's one and eight in quad one games. Yep. So far this season, and you would think with with a resume that questionable, well, they wouldn't be higher seeded in the field than Clemson, right? Because Clemson's eighteen and six and ten and three in the league. Carolina is, according to Joe Lenardi, he's got him as a nine seed in the East. Carolina. No, that wasn't
0: updated. He put out the updated thing on his Twitter last night. I said it earlier. Great to see you're paying attention over there. Uh, He he put it on his Twitter last night. Carolina is one of the last four in along with Kentucky. Okay, I did not see Yeah, that that was For some reason on ESPN, they have not updated it. I don't really understand why. But yeah, Carolina, as of right now, is the third to last team in the tournament. Clemson is... Now, it's close. Clemson is literally only two spots ahead of them. Clemson is the final team uh, that is locked into the uh, tournament. Yeah, there it is. So, yes. So, yeah. But but still, I mean, that's why I said this game is so important to both sides. Like, if, if you don't win this game, I mean, your margin for error is extremely – you have to then at least get one back. Like, if Carolina loses this game – I mean, they got to beat NC State, right? Like, I think that would be the point that they, they're at because that's, that's the team that's most solidly in the tournament. Them are, well, no, it. I forget. I think, no, State is not. State's an eight seed, that's right. Well, I mean, you also got a return Duke home game is, against Virginia. Well, yeah, but that, I mean, that one, come on, man. At this point, game's at home. I mean, I would like to think so, but...
1: We'll see. Um, so yeah, they're, th- even with Carolina having one and eight in quad one, the the fact that they're even still being listed in the in the current tournament field is 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 a blessing in disguise for them because this team hasn't played like an NCAA tournament team all season long. Um, And and now they've they've put themselves in a position after what happened the the other night against Wake Forest and what's happened the last three games where they've got to go on a run similar to what they did last year, if they even want to have a chance at getting back to the Final Four and winning a national title. Uh, Carolina has four players currently averaging double-figure scoring. Led by the Wooden Award uh, finalist Armando Baycott, 17.5 points, 11.3 rebounds. He's shooting 56% from the field. Caleb Love, 16.6 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.9 assists. He's shooting 38% from the field, 29% from three. RJ Davis, shooting uh, or averaging 15.8 points, five rebounds, 3.4 assists. He's shooting 43% from the field, 34% from three. Then you have Pete Nance averaging 10.6 points, six rebounds. He's shooting 45% from the field, 31% from three. And, of course, while the streak that Carolina had at home over Clemson did come to an end back during that disastrous 2019-2020 season, It is still important to note that Carolina has only lost once at home to the Clemson Tigers. And so uh, with that, guys, since we've got the scene set and ready to go, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you the latest message from our show sponsor, DraftKings. Then when we we come back more, uh, we'll give our keys to the game and pick the game on the Four Corners podcast up next after this message from DraftKings. opt in and place a same game parlay on any NBA game and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back. Guys, I do this all the time with over-unders. I do it with the first three porn that's going to be made by Stephen Curry, more or 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 you know, John ja Morant, Lamella Ball, whatever it is, do all of these same game parlay actions at DraftKings Sportsbook. And you can do so by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking full advantage of those great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast as you continue to bet through the NBA season. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast as he's getting you great offers to bet for Sunday's Super Bowl. Oh yeah. The first thing I have written down for Carolina's keys to the game is a saying that Huber Davis has said all season long: energy, effort, and enthusiasm. Um, because Carolina didn't show that the other night. That's a big reason why they got their butts kicked. They they didn't they didn't check any of those boxes. Um and, and look that that's that's so much about what Carolina basketball is is playing with high energy, playing with a lot of effort. And then having a lot of enthusiasm playing the game. So this is a kid's game. Like it, 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 I mean, you're 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 playing it. You're playing a game. That's all you're doing. And look, the objective is to yes win. And if you don't win, you should be disappointed, and you should be a little pissed off because it should mean that much to you. But I want this team to have fun because I want to have fun watching them. And as much as I love this program I haven't had fun watching them I mean you take away you take away what happened the last six weeks last year this hasn't been fun since that Kobe White team like in in 2019-20 wasn't all their fault it was I mean when Carolina lost its starting backcourt and then some to injuries that was just a compromised team then of course you had the COVID year I don't even know if Baylor had fun, and they won the national title that year because they were playing in a pandemic, and you didn't know half the time if you were showing up to a gym, if the game was going to get canceled or not. So nobody had fun that year. Last year, even with a new head coach, a you know kind of revamped offensive philosophy, which led to some more exciting basketball, until they won at Cameron Indoor Stadium, it wasn't fun for me because I fired this coach in January, and I lost even more hair. Yeah, you did watching watching them play. How is that possible? And then this year, I mean, we entered with such hope and promise and expectation, we, and that was all said, gone in the middle of December. We said title or bust. Yeah, that was that was the
0: phrase that was at one time used on this.
1: So uh, I, I mean, podcast. I just want to see these kids. I mean, smile, laugh, cut up, have some fun all while playing your butts off and 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 playing with unquestionable effort. I mean, it's got to start like right out of the gate. It's got to sh- it's
0: got to start in warm-ups. It's got to start when you're being introduced. Like it's just none of those elements are there for this team right now. And that's what's just shocking to me is they don't look like a team that's having fun. So yeah, they have to get that you know back. That they have to get become reinvigorated and look Maybe you do have to start rotating in some other guys, but at the same time, it's just you—you you have to get your main players, your starting five. They have to wake up and start playing the way that they—they're capable of. I mean, primarily, we talked about it—the matchup of the of these these teams' big threes. Carolina's has to be ready to go. I don't, I don't question that Armando will be ready to go. Um, I don't question the will of R.J. Davis, but you need R.J. Davis to start knocking down some of those shots. I mean, I, I get it. That hand is, is affected by the finger injury. Hopefully, you know, this is a game where you can finally start to see the ball go in again for him. But Caleb Love, man, you got to be smart with the basketball and you got to be able to, to to score some points. You can't and look, you scored 24 the other night, but you can't be scoring 24 on 25 shots in this game. So for Carolina, I mean that's that's going to be the key. Yeah, you need it from everybody, but mainly you need your big 3, primarily your two guards have to bring that enthusiasm, that's the biggest thing to me. You have to bring the enthusiasm. You have to actually want to be there. It can't just be, ah, we're going to work hard, but we're just kind of going through the motions. No, 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 no. This needs to be you are fired up and ready to go because your season, I mean, are we at the point now? Is their season on the line every game they play? Yes. I mean, it's got to be, right? until they. I mean, look, if you, if you beat Clemson, and Miami back to back. Okay, maybe then your season isn't exactly on the line if you lose a, a, a game to, depending on who you play. Like you can't clearly, you can't lose to Notre Dame or Florida State, or you're out. Um, but I mean, still, until until you actually do that, you're literally playing for your lives in the postseason in every game. So it's 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 got to be there from the word go.
1: The other thing, though, about the the enthusiasm and the energy in the building. The fan base also has to bring it. And look, I, I know that us as fans, we're disgruntled because fifteen and nine, any year is is inexcusable here. A year where you're preseason number one, the heavy favorite to win your conference and make the final four, even more so. And with what happened the other night, with 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 the the thirty-seven minute you know, post-game locker room speech and, and a player coming out and basically telling his teammates, if you're not going to show up and play hard, then I want you to quit and leave. These, these kids are in need of a pick-me-up. And so I just want the fan base. Look, we we still need to pack the Smith Center. It's a really big game, guys. It's not the type of games we want to be playing in February, but that's where we are right now. Oh, this is the biggest game of the season
0: yeah, so far, folks.
1: Yeah, you know, let's let's show up, let's be loud, let's 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 defend the Smith Center and let's make these kids know that as disappointing as this season has been, we're not disappointed in them and that we still have their back and we're gonna cheer them on no matter what way this season does come to an end. Uh, The second key to the game, and and I'm not joking, this will be in every freaking podcast the rest of the year. Uh Uh-oh. It's it's shot selection. Uh, And because Carolina's shot selection the other night in the first half was a bigger issue than their defense. And I'm not joking. And I know they gave up 47 points, Mm. and they allowed them to shoot 52% from the field. A lot of that was a direct result of poor shots. That just led to easy transition points the other way and just just a lot more easier opportunities for, for Wake Forest. And that's a high potent offense. That's an offense that, I mean, scored 92 against you. Uh, Scored 81 over the weekend on the road at Notre Dame. It's not easy to go up there and drop 80 on the Irish in that building. Like, this is an offense that can go – just that's an offense that could could go anywhere and score. I mentioned earlier that Clemson has a lot more offensive firepower. And so the last thing you want to do is give those guys easy run-out looks in transition. And this is where I think the frustration with Hubert Davis has sat in is – R.J. Davis got benched the other night. Armando Baycott got benched the other night. Caleb Love at one point was 0-9 for in the game, and there was no repercussions for his actions.
0: Yes, I get what you're saying. I will say this. The reason that R.J. got benched was not because of the offensive end of the floor. R.J. got benched because he
1: can't defend off a pick and roll. Neither can Caleb Love, and he stays on the court. Uh, I mean, this guy was literally pouting on the floor the other night after missed shots, and there. Was I mean, no- look, I don't
0: think either one of them are are great. Um, I think RJ recently has been worse defensively than Caleb has been, but I mean, yeah, I don't think either one is great. I will say this though: the guy that came in for RJ the other night, man, he's done some good things as as a freshman so far on the defensive end of the floor. A lot of people have said he's one of the best defensive uh freshman point guards they've seen. Dude, Seth Trimble had a rough night the other night. They need him to recover cuz yeah, you would imagine that there will there will probably be moments where they will have to play him in this game. So I I mean, I
1: think that's that that's going to be part of it, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, but Carolina's shot selection just just has to improve. Yes. And, and you know, if I was Schubert Davis, when they showed up in practice today after i ran them to near death the 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 next thing we would have done was we would have went in the film room and i would have shown them every bad shot since the season started and folks well I there's a lot you, of them i got to tell you i don't think
0: they would make it to the game on time
1: that's fine and the game is at home um and, 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 and just try to drill it in their heads it's at the point now yep where and I'm not even talking—I don't care who it is. It could be RJ. It could be Armando Baycott. Primarily, I want it to be Caleb Love, whoever. You take a single bad shot, call timeout and take them out. Well, I got to tell you, nobody would be in the game then. Then then,
0: then, because, because, then like put who, the Biscuit who,
1: who, boys on there and send a message. Uh, are we sure they aren't going to take bad shots, too? Be- because I mean... at, at at this point, it is it is mind-blowingly numb. How bad this team's shot selection is at times.
0: I think the mo the, the most frustrating part is that these shots, like, look, it, it's one thing if you're if you're in a late shot clock situation and you're just having to heave stuff up, but this is, I mean, you got guys that are literally crossing half court and within four or five seconds they are throwing up a bad shot. It just it the the offense makes no sense. And they've gotten back to what they were doing out in Portland that drove us insane, which is they don't move the ball. Like, why are they getting back to that? I I don't I don't understand why that's a thing for this team. But it, it, it's it's become an issue yet again. It's the the guards. Both guys think that they have to pretty much do everything, which is just honestly maddening, considering that you've still got Armando Baycott. who, I mean, again, I I don't really, you could say whatever you want. There are people that have told me he's taken a significant step back this year. I don't know what game y'all are watching. I'm not saying he's taken a step forward, but I don't think he's worse than he was last year. I think he is the same player in terms of the offensive end of the floor. He's clearly not rebounding at the level that he did last year, but what do you expect when, the guy that's supposed to be your help inside is not a threat at all. No, it's you don't even have to put a body on him because he's just not going to rebound. So, I, I think yeah, I, when it comes to you know taking guys out, I mean I get it, but that, we saw the we saw the group that entered the other night. Mm-hmm. They took some bad shots, man. Jalen Washington took a bad shot. That that's two games in a row he's taking bad shots when he's coming to the game. So, I, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, I, can we be a little smarter? Because when you take these bad shots, and I mean, I thought, you know, it was evident the other night in the first half, it was even more evident against Duke. When you take these bad shots and they lead to these long rebounds, it's nearly impossible to stop teams in the open four. and. And this team is, you know, capable of doing that to you as well. As you mentioned, they've got guards that will push the pace and and, and they, they are a team that's scoring the ball better. So, I, for Carolina, they, just, they have to be smarter because not only is this a team that can get out and score off misses, they're a team that's created turnovers this year. Opponents against them are averaging 11.8 turnovers per game. So... You have to take care of the basketball. It's pretty much what they did not do the other night against Wake Forest because that was the other thing that returned against the the
1: Demon Deacons the other night. They, tur- they had just some horrendous turnovers. Another reason for shot selection to be of the utmost importance, Clemson is holding their opponents to 40% shooting from the field. That's 21st best in the country and shooting just 45% from uh two point territory. That's 23rd best in the country. The last thing I have written down is for Carolina to win the rebounding battle because that's that's the one that's the one thing that you can con- that if, if you control, I really do think just allows you to control the way that this outcome is going to be dictated. Uh Clemson averages 34.9 rebounds per game. That's 184th in the country. Meanwhile, for Carolina, they average 39.8 rebounds per game. That's 10th best in the country. Uh, they average 28.7 defensive rebounds. That's ninth best. And even though they average 11.1 offensive rebounds, that's just 104th in the country. But You're talking about almost a a, a six-rebound differential between you and your opponent. You know, Carolina pummeled Wake Forest on the glass the other night, 50-35. to Didn't really matter, though, because of how out of hand that game got in the first half. But I don't think that—like, if Carolina comes out and they they win this rebounding margin by plus 6, plus 8, 10, 12, whatever— I, I really do think that that, that that allows you to see a pathway to winning this ball game, mm-hmm. because I don't think this game's going to be easy for any stretch of the imagination. Like, if Carolina wins this game, it's going to be because they earned it because Clemson makes you earn everything. They're going to make – you're going to have to grind out possessions. You're going to have to get stops. You're going to have to do a lot of things that, quite frankly, you aren't doing right now to win the game. And so I think if Carolina can just rebound the ball – and be you know, plus in that in that category that 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 really I, I think is one way that you can look at it and say if we go in there and we we out rebound them, our pathway to victor, victory becomes a lot more easier and a lot more clearer. And I mean, they should, as you said, season averages, they're plus
0: six. p j Hall. It's kind of shocking to me, but not a great rebounder this year. Only five point four. Um, Hunter Tyson's the guy that you got to be a little worried about because Pete Nance trying to rebound against him. Yeah, that that ain't going to work out all that well. Uh, you need Armando Baycott to step up and have one of his better performances. Get back to you know that guy that we saw you know consecutive games of, of sixteen rebounds. Um, you will show some signs of the guy that we saw last year. That that would be you know, the type of performance that you need, and then you just need everybody else to step up, too. You need the guards to get involved in rebounding. Um, And and the main thing for me as well is if you want to look even deeper into this, you need to, on the offensive end, rebound the ball well, and you need to finish those second-chance opportunities. The other night, 15 offensive rebounds for Carolina. Those turned into just 11 points. In this game, if you have those second chance opportunities, you simply have to be better at finishing those. Because if you're not, you're going to put yourself in a very similar situation. Um, As you mentioned, this is a really good defensive team. So, you know, Carolina's got to be ready for, you know, a little bit of a rock fight, especially, you know, with some of those guys inside. So, yeah, it's going to be tough for Carolina. But uh, ultimately, I I think you've got to lean on, your senior guys. We talked about it with the first key. D- these guys have to step up, man. They, they-, they have to. Um, I'm not worried about Armando Baycott doing it, and I'm not worried about the effort from R.J. Davis. But this, th- that trio has to play well in this game, and you need some other guys to probably fill in behind them with one of their better performances of the season, or else Carolina probably doesn't walk away with a win.
1: Carolina enters, believe it or not, with a 75.6% chance to win the game. Uh, That's according to ESPN's matchup predictor. And I I think they get the job done, because if they don't respond Saturday, the season's Mm -hmm. over. There there's there's no there's no coming back from multiple four-game losing streaks within the same season. It's just there's just not. This game is at home against an opponent that's only beaten you once ever in in the Smith Center in Chapel Hill overall. Um and even though they've got a good record uh, overall and in the league, this is a team that is vulnerable as as losses to South Carolina and Loyola Chicago uh, indicate, and and I think it's just yeah if 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 you don't win Saturday, you can go ahead and stamp this as being the most disappointing team in the history of Carolina basketball
0: yeah I would agree with that I I don't see any other way around it but yeah you're 100% right this is the game because yeah if you lose it two four game losing streaks during the season more importantly if you lose it you lose a game right after you just had a heart-to-heart in the locker room yeah and I don't I how would you then like where do you go from there you're not having another one of those. It just it's it's not happening. This is where this is the crossroads point of the season. You have to decide which direction you are heading here. So, yeah, I I maybe I'm a dummy, but I'm going to agree with you. And I think Carolina finds a way. I think it's going to be incredibly ugly at times. Um But I think Carolina finds a way to win this game. And hopefully that is what sort of turns things in the right direction for Carolina. I just think, you know, these are the types of games where we've seen these guys shine. Where we saw them shine a year ago. I think Armando Baycott steps up. I think, you know, R.J. Davis maybe shakes off some of the struggles that he has. Gets to the free throw line a little bit more. I think... You know, they they get a little bit of production maybe out of that bench because you're going to see a little more rotation there. I just my thing is if they're struggling early in the game, I I hope Hubert Davis is a is aggressive enough to put guys on the bench and just try to get something else working in there. Um, but at this point, it's it's going to come down to what your starters do. If they, if they don't perform well then Carolina will not win this game. But I think they will in this game because it is at home and they find a way to beat Clemson.
1: You'll find that game on Saturday at 2 p.m. on ESPN2. And you'll find coverage at HeelToughBlog.com where you can go back and, and check out all the stuff from the Wake Forest game. There's also an article up about, or about Armando Baycott's mandate to his teammates about Either you play hard or you need to quit. I broke down what four, what all four members of the Core Four can do to help turn this season around for Carolina basketball. Of course, I'll be getting you ready with the preview and a recap the day of the game as well. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We do encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast, but more importantly, we want you hitting that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Once again, I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening, and as always, go Tar Heels.
0: just doesn't get any sweeter than that. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and
1: the Play Play Slide. Have
0: something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participating in McDonald's for a limited time.